it is not your ex's job to respect your boundaries. It's your job to respect your boundaries. So you may have clearly communicated in a respectful way hey, you know what? I know we've texted in the past. Moving forward, I think it would be best for us to just talk about stuff that's related to the kids and we'll have a weekly email check-in. And then you follow up and ensure that boundary is met by not responding if they text you. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and you are listening to Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. This week we are diving into kind of a difficult topic. It's really not one that anyone plans for, but sometimes it just happens. We're talking about divorce and I'm doing it today with someone who is going to get very real and listen up because we are going to cover a lot of ground. So Ashley Wood is actually a certified divorce coach. I didn't even know that was a thing, but she helps families navigate these giant changes in their life. And she has tips for parents to establish plans that work. So we cover everything from how to know that it's time for a divorce to how to co-parent and even when it may be time to start dating again. So like I said, we cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. So here is my conversation with Ashley Wood. Ashley, good morning. Welcome to mom to mom Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to join you today. No, I'm so glad you're here. So you are a certified divorce coach. So first of all, I would love to know what that looks like. What, what do you do? For sure. So I am a certified divorce coach. I work with anyone at any phase of the divorce process, but what I really specialize in is working with parents who feel scared, anxious, and really hopeless about co-parenting with their soon-to-be husband or ex. Um, and what Did you say husband? Yes. Yes. I've do you like that term? Heard that term. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually, I just started doing some merch and I thought that might be a fun term to put on a coffee mug. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like yet, but I've never yeah. heard that. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to cover so much of that. Talk about the kids and the co-parenting and a parenting plan and everything. But I want to start from the very beginning mm-hmm. because I've gone through this with friends and things and it's how do you know when it's time, because no one, no one wants to get a divorce. No one goes into marriage thinking that they're going to get divorced and marriage is hard. So how do you know definitively it is time for a divorce and the working on it process is over? I do just want to make a very quick and brief disclaimer for family violence and uh, intimate partner violence. So if you are in a situation right now where you're still maybe even in love with your partner, but you are in fear of your safety or your kid's safety. That needs to be your number one priority. And I encourage you to reach out to a women's shelter. I have lots of resources linked and my website, Instagram, and all of that for phone numbers and contacts that you can reach out to. So just quick disclaimer there, but to answer your question and just assuming that that is not the case or there isn't any real abuse, I would recommend working with a therapist. Um, and if your partner is not interested in working with you, uh, you know, in a couple's therapy format or session, then I would still encourage you to just go by yourself because 
when you're going through this, and I'm sure you've seen your friends who are, are in this process of trying to weigh out, should I stay or should I go? Your nervous system is so dysregulated and you're using that reptilian part of your brain where it's fight, flight, or freeze response. It's really hard to tap into the logical reasoning portion of your brain. And so by going to work with a professional, someone who is neutral, someone who's not just going to you know, be a yes man, or they don't like your partner. So yes, it's a, it becomes a husband or wife bashing session. Someone who's neutral, who's educated, who can be your sounding board to help you make that decision. And then lastly, what I would say, I mean, there's, there's a lot here, but probably my number one tip, if you're considering right now, should I stay or should I go? And you're thinking, I just don't know. It's very rare that we don't know. And so a question you can ask yourself is, am I afraid that I'm making a mistake, that I've left something on the table, or am I afraid to honor what I know is the right choice for me and for my family because I'm afraid of how it's going to disrupt our lives? Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're maybe leaving something on the table, then explore that. But if it's just, I'm scared of ruining my children's lives, I'm scared of you know, what would we do with the house? Where would we live? I'd have to go back to work. Then it's time to focus on facing those fears and, and gathering information and resources so that you can make informed choices that, that honor what you feel is best. Yeah. And, and that process in and of itself is so tough and mm -hmm. so exhausting and so hard on everyone. So let's now cut to the actual decision. The divorce has been made. Uh, we decide, you know, that that's what it's going to be. How do you go ahead and tell your kids that this is the decision that you have made as a family? I'm sure that parents, this has got to be really painful. Yes, it is. It's really painful. It's, divorce is a traumatic experience for everyone involved. I think sometimes when we think about uh, trauma or loss, we just think about death or these really extreme things. But really, it's any situation where you feel a loss of predictability and stability in, in your world and in your life. So in that way, it can be a traumatic experience for children. Young kids, in particular, all children, but especially young kids, they have a hard time thinking outside of themselves. And so for that reason, they may believe that they are either the cause of this divorce, so it's something that they've done or they haven't done, or they believe that they can keep their parents together. So it's really, really important that when you're having these conversations, and when I say that word, it's conversations, it's not just a one and done conversation. Obviously, you're going to have your initial one where you're giving them the news, but then it's going to be a series of conversations so that you can be, you know, open and attuned to what your child is going through. But in this conversation that you explain, number one, this is not their fault. It has nothing to do with them. It's nothing that they did or didn't do. And number two, that while the relationship between you and their other parent has shifted and you may not be in love anymore in a romantic way, that the love that you and your former partner have for the child is never going to change, that you're going to do everything you can to ensure that the relationship that they have remains the same and uninterrupted. I would think that that conversation is such a critical one. I mean, these kids can take this with them through adulthood. And so I would think preparing for that conversation and the questions that may come. And like you said, having an ongoing conversation about it is really important. 
It really is. So knowledge is power in just about every avenue of the divorce process. And this one in particular, I'm a child of uh, two divorces actually myself. And I can remember very clearly, you know, my parents explaining this to me, it does stick with you. So it's not to pile on the pressure that you need to get this one conversation absolutely perfect um, because it's going to be really hard. Emotions are going to be running high for everyone, but that's where it's important to realize that while this is an important conversation, it's actually should be a series of conversations. And what you should be working towards is ensuring that your children feel that you are a safe space, that you can be the calm in their storm and that they can be open and honest with you about how they feel. I think that too often parents, um, you know, they're really worried about making their children upset and ruining their lives. So they'll say things like, well, this is going to be great, actually, because you're going to have two birthdays and two Christmases, and we're going to get you redecorate a new room for you. And to the child, I mean, if you're, you know, a preteen or nine or 10 years old, you're probably thinking like, okay, two Christmases sound great, but my family's ripped apart. I'm really sad. You've definitely have to have a plan with your partner. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot that goes into that, but I hadn't actually heard of the term parenting plan before. And that's something that you advocate for. Yes, absolutely. So I think when most folks think about divorce and children, they think about the word custody and I'm in Ontario, Canada, and I'm, I'm not an attorney. So this is not legal advice, but just information that that word is being phased out of many family court systems because oftentimes it leads parents to a lot of conflict. You know, I want custody. No, I want custody. I'm getting more custody. You're not. And, and really it's a shame because what that word means, at least here in Ontario, it's two things. So shared parenting time and parenting decision-making and parenting decision-making is broken down into three main categories. So your child's education, their healthcare, uh, and their religion, if they're going to be practicing a religion or not, and what, what values you have. So the good news is that when you're coming up with your parenting plan and addressing these things, those three major uh, topics that I just brought up, you're probably already in agreement with your partner about where your kid is going to school um, or who your family doctor is. So it's great to start from a place where, okay, these are the things that we agree on. When we then dig a little bit deeper into the parenting plan, particularly if you're able to work with a family mediator who's a, a neutral and can help you engage in a really collaborative process, they can go over all the day-to-day -day stuff. So the stuff that you actually will be arguing about if you don't address them ahead of time. So things like screen time, use of technology, video games, haircuts, piercings, these are the things that are actually, you know, when we just say it right now, it may seem small, but those are the things that cause so much conflict. I mean, if we put together a parenting plan, does us both signing it mean that we're both going to uphold our agreements? No, not necessarily, but it is something that we can, you know, if, if we're coming up with this together in a collaborative way, there's a higher chance that we're going to stick to it because it's things that we've come up with ourselves um, rather than a judge just giving us a court order that's pretty blanket statement and not very detailed. And it also just gives us structure and stability and helps set the expectation between the parents and for the children. So let's talk a little bit more about co-parenting because it is such an important piece of this puzzle, but it can also be so difficult 
with all the feelings attached and everything that's going on. So where do you suggest a couple even begin in the co-parenting process? We talked a little bit about the plan, which is always good, but where do you go from there? So I think boundaries are the key ingredient to a successful co-parenting relationship, whether you're co-parenting, parallel parenting, whatever label you want to put on your relationship, every healthy relationship has boundaries. And so I think there's a lot of kind of misinformation about boundaries. And one of those things might be that a boundary is a wall. Um, And so people think, well, I can't have these rules in place and cut the person out because we still have to parent with one another. Walls keep people out without any room for connection, whereas boundaries are actually made from a place of kindness and respect for ourselves and respect for the other person. It's opening the door and saying, I want to connect with you. These are the things that I need in order to have that healthy connection. This is what I'm willing to do. And the second big mistake that people make, so I'll hear something like, well, I've tried, Ash, like I've tried to set a boundary with my ex. I've told him, stop texting me, you know, only communicate over email. And sure enough, he still texts me. He's texting me about, you know, what he saw me doing on Instagram or whatever else. They don't respect me. Boundaries don't work. And the biggest mistake here is that it is not your ex's job to respect your boundaries. It's your job to respect your boundaries. So you may have clearly communicated in a respectful way hey, you know what? I know we've texted in the past. Moving forward, I think it would be best for us to just talk about stuff that's related to the kids and we'll have a weekly email check-in. And then you follow up and ensure that boundary is met by not responding if they text you. Send a response in an email. If it's a message about something they saw on your Instagram story, don't reply. You've already said, right? And I think that's so hard for for people. And I think women in particular, lately, because we sometimes be people pleasers. So we want to engage and say, hey, like I've told you, you know, please stop doing this. No, you're just, you're engaging in what you've said you wouldn't engage in. So yeah, yeah, boundaries. We talk a lot about boundaries here on mom to mom And I remind myself that boundaries are not walls, they're fences. Yes. They're fences with gates, yep. you know, like it's, it's not a, it's not a no, it's just a, there's, there's a boundary and yes. that's what it's for. You mentioned parallel parenting mm-hmm. and I wanted to know what you meant by that. Despite their best efforts, sometimes divorced parents are not able to communicate with one another. And it's not because your ex is a narcissist. They may be, okay, they may be, but that's such a buzzword and it really annoys me because we should not be labeling people. We should just be focusing on the behavior, how it is impacting us and then what we can do differently to have better relationships moving forward. So if you find yourself in a situation where any attempt to communicate with this person and get on the same page and agree about things related to the kids, it's just taking you guys off the deep end and you're fighting all the time, you may want to consider parallel parenting. This is an arrangement where parents can create structures and boundaries that limit their contact and their communication. And by disengaging with one another, they're able to remain fully connected to their kids and minimize their kids' exposure to the conflict between them. So for example, you know, how are decisions made? Well, in a cooperative co-parenting relationship, you're probably going to talk about most things and try to come to an agreement. Parallel parenting, 
I make the rules in my house, you make the rules in your house for mm -hmm. pickup and, and drop off. So if you're co-parenting, maybe you meet and your ex maybe even comes in the house for a couple minutes and you do a quick debrief of what went on that week. If you're parallel parenting, maybe you just a pickup at a neutral location at a coffee shop. Right. So you're going to both be on your best behavior or you do school or daycare. So you're dropping the kids off and they're picking them up. So you're just minimizing the contact that you have with one another and yeah. creating less opportunity for arguing. So what I'm hearing here is there's no one way to do this, right? That's Every right. family is totally different and the family structure is different and the relationships are different. So it's finding what works for your family as a whole. Let's go in a different direction here. We're covering a lot of ground here with you today, <laughs> Ashley, from how to know if it's time for a divorce to co-parenting to now. How about when it's time to get back out there right. and start dating? And I imagine that can be very tricky and sticky with your ex, with your kids. Um, what advice do you have around that? So first of all, um, if you are not yet legally divorced, you want to have a real open and honest conversation with your attorney or just do a consultation with a family law attorney to see how that, what the implications of that could be. Um, because you were so much is in the air at that time and you don't want to be making long-term decisions based on short-term emotions and some maybe short-term lusts that you have for somebody. Okay. So that would be step number one. But let's say you are divorced and you're just kind of ready to dip your toe back into the dating pool, but that's super scary and you have kids and where do we start? So again, I think this comes back to boundaries, really looking at, you know, have you thought about what didn't work in your past relationship? and the role that you played in that. What is still really painful? How are you working on that? And how are you going to continue to honor what you're working on while you engage in this new partnership? Where are your kids? Where are they at emotionally and in the you know grieving process from grief to acceptance? How are you going to ensure that you're going to have open and honest conversations with them, that you're still going to have enough energy, enough gas in the tank to parent and be attuned to their needs while you're now starting a new relationship and also communicating all of these things to the new partner like, hey, you know what? I've got two kids. I've got a lot on the go. So I can really only commit to like two date nights a month right now. That's a boundary. But let's talk about the flip side of this. Not as fun. What okay. happens when your ex, because you have no control over this, starts seeing someone and the feelings that you're having with that? How do you manage those feelings. Okay. So this is really tough. I just want to say that as a professional in this space, I, I it's something that I still struggled with myself as a co-parent. And I think where people go wrong, and I know this, there will be moms listening to this. So women in particular, instead of just embracing the feeling and the emotion that's coming up and getting curious about like what that means and what we could do to manage it and how we want to move forward and the action that we want to take, we beat ourselves up. You know, we have these automatic thoughts that we really can't control of like the new girlfriend posted a picture of the kids, like how dare they? And then that's chained to why am I thinking that my kids are having a good time? I shouldn't be jealous. I'm so immature and all that shame and that guilt. And it's mm. us piling it on ourselves, yeah, right? Shame. So rather than, rather than feeling that shame, maybe, okay, a little bit of guilt. I don't want to 
you know, prioritize my feelings over my kids' well-being. And I want to acknowledge that this person could be positive in their life. But also, this is really effing hard. This is so hard. And you know, what am I afraid of? I think oftentimes as parents, we're really worried about losing the relationship that we have with our kids. And so something that can be really helpful might be using this, this phrase, these two phrases. So what are you afraid of? And you can use this sentence, you know, if the other person would blank, I would feel blank. So if his ex wasn't around or she would stop posting pictures of, you know, my kids, I would feel better. So instead we want to replace, you know, if I would blank, then I could feel better. So if I stop creeping on the Instagram, if I start doing things that allow me to be really present when the kids are with me, I'll feel better about myself. I'll feel more connected to my kids. So I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's a tool that I've used personally and something yeah. that I use with clients is it, all the time. It is a tough, that is really tough. All right, we are completely out of time, but just very, very quick. If you have a friend or a family member or someone who is going through divorce in any of its places, how can you be supportive? If you are this friend, I want you to look at this person in your life as if they are a new mom and follow those rules. So no unsolicited advice. We also don't want to pity the person and we don't want to go into battle for them. Instead, we want to listen and respond with empathy. So, you know, you may think that divorce is totally catastrophic and the worst thing, but maybe this person, your friend is really excited and feeling good about some things. And if you respond like, oh my God, this is terrible. Now they're feeling terrible. So you could just open with, wow, this is huge information. How are you doing? How do you feel about this? Yeah. And then just listening, Listen. just listening. Yes. Yeah. As always, just try to be a good listener is the best way that you can support someone. Ashley, this was great. Thank you so much. This was a little bit of a sprint. We covered so much ground <laughs> in this area that um, deserves so much attention. Um, so we'll have to do this again. Where can people find you online for more great information around all of this? Thank you so much. Yeah. So if you're on social media, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, all the things at the conscious co-parent. And there are links to my website. So if you're not on social media, uh, you can just head straight to my website, which is ashleywooddivorcecoach.com. That's a wrap for this episode of mom to mom Hopefully you found some good stuff in there today. Um, just a friendly reminder, if you are in the New England area, you can watch mom to mom on Mondays at 11.30 a.m. on NBC10 Boston. And as always, you can binge a whole bunch of our mom to mom podcast episodes wherever you find your podcasts. And if you have a little time today and you don't mind rating and reviewing this podcast, it really goes a long way. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week right here on mom to mom. Mom-to-Mom.